Welcome to Working Better Together. Today we chatted with Bregan Harper, an LA-based culture and onboarding consultant who's worked with small startups like Soda, as well as major tech companies like Amazon. Every okay, cool. morning. Re- well, actually, I've been... We I've recorded. Been, oh, okay. Okay. Great. Cool. Love the mug. Thank you. So tell me, how many cups of coffee on these days? You know, typically now it's two. It was a bit more. Uh, I, I lived in Seattle for seven years, which is a huge coffee company or con- city. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely was drinking a lot more back then, more coffee. And now I've been actually into matcha, which is good. Yes. I see this big, yeah. big trend right now. So, mm-hmm. um, but that's a great introduction to today's episode. So I'm Gary. <laughs> The CEO of High Five. And today we've got Bregan, Bregan Harper. She's a consultant in the culture and onboarding space and helps various uh, startups in LA. So she's got some amazing experience with some tech giants up the west coast uh, of California, such as Amazon. So um, without like going on too much further, I mean, like it's great to have you on the show. Tell us, uh, tell us more about yourself and how you go into the people and culture space. We're keen to hear your story, you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, So I started off my career working mostly in the recruiting and people operations space. Uh, I am fascinated by people and I really find a lot of value in working directly with people and uh, worked uh, in that space and in kind of the the culture and onboarding and new hire experience programs uh, for several years. And then um, I left the the tech giant world and actually went on a solo trip uh, through Europe and really just took some time to think about, okay, what do I want to do? Do I want to dive right into another company or, uh, you know, am am I ready to do something where I take my experience and what I've learned and uh, kind of apply it to lots of different uh, avenues? So I uh, started consulting and the first, uh, one of the first companies that I met um, and started working with was Soda. Um, I met them actually when I was traveling through London. Um, and it just happened that they were about to start hiring a bunch of people and uh, needed someone with my expertise in terms of, uh, you know, building a new hire experience and building people operations. Uh, and so they asked me to start consulting with them. And that just kicked off a wonderful relationship where I'm here in Los Angeles and they're in London. And, um, you know, I started taking on some uh, clients in in Los Angeles as well, and so it kind of just snowballed, to be honest. I mean, that's exciting. So obviously, you've been involved in 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 larger organizations, and now you're getting involved in like mm-hmm. smaller startups. You know, so I mm-hmm. mean, what would you see is like how critical is the culture? You know, within the, the smaller to the larger organizations. Hmm. Oh, maybe I mean, I maybe even a better question is like, do you think startups even have an advantage there? You know. Hmm. I do think startups have an advantage in in one sense. They are a clean slate, uh, you know, a chance to bring something completely new into the world, uh, whether it's a product or a business model or a service or what have you, as well as, uh, you know, kind of a, a chance to stop and think about, okay, how do we want to define our culture and what it means to work here? And um, often startups, uh, you know, begin with just a few people. And so having less people who... Um, you know, are really passionate about something that they're doing, um, I think gives the advantage in terms of them being able to say, let's just have a clean slate here and perhaps take lessons learned from other experiences or uh, companies that they've worked at before, um, you know, or, or their background, uh, 
but without all the red tape and bureaucracy that sometimes is found in larger companies. Um, and, you know, they have a chance to be a bit more free that way. Uh, when you mean free, uh, did you think that, that the startups have like the flexibility to hire quicker and make the onboarding process smoother? Do you, do you feel like the large organizations take their time? Mm. Uh, I think it's twofold. Yes, often startups will, will hire quickly um, because there is there are less people to meet and you know the, the process can yeah. be a lot faster i think that the the slow process of hiring that some companies have in place uh are are, are done with intention and with yeah. a purpose um and i don't necessarily think one is better than the other uh, i think that definitely startups have more on the line and so uh they're in a position where you know they're wanting to uh, they have a set amount of work and you know they need the people to fill in the gaps to do the yeah. work um and so um you know actually then it comes down to the fact that retaining employees is very important as well in, in the startup world. And of course it is in larger corporations, but uh, they're just very different, aren't they? Yeah. And I mean, that's great. Have you learned, I mean, what learnings would have you, have you taken from the process, you know, like in terms of from the onboarding to the recruiting, some of the, what's some of the, like, mm. what would you compare to best practice to what's happening with the future of the recruitment right now? Yeah. And, um, one of the biggest things I learned in, um, in all, in, in several of my experiences is that it's so important to see, uh, the new hire experience as, uh, almost a, you know, a psychological journey that somebody goes on and it starts the moment they sign an offer or the moment they have an offer. Um, the moment somebody sees themselves and pictures themselves, um, at, at a company and has, you know, it's, it's going to, it's going to become a reality. They have an offer that kickstarts the new hire experience. And so everything from then on, even when it comes down to how they sign the offer and what's communicated to them about, um, salary and role expectations, and even things as simple as, Hey, on your first day, here's what to expect, or here's how to get to the building. Uh, those all play such a vital role in a person's, uh, you know, onboarding experience. And, uh, it's there's so much data around the fact that uh, somebody's first three months can determine the retention level. Um, several, a very large amount of people, I believe it's um, over half um, of senior leaders will often leave in their first year at a new company. Um, and a lot of that has to do with the onboarding process in general and how, uh, you know, role expectations and um, relationships in the company are explained to them and, um, yeah, you can do a lot to prevent burnout, I think, in that first it's, it's, month it's or so. It's funny that you mentioned it. It's probably quite similar to, to product. I mean, you're mentioning an onboard ex experience, you know. And obviously most products, uh, whether it be High Five or Airbnb, the most mm -hmm. critical part is the onboarding experience. You know, if you have a, a bad experience with an app, there's a, there's a really good chance you're going to shut it down and probably uninstall it. And I guess the same would apply to employees, you know. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's critical to keep them around. Tell me, it's quite an interesting thing for us, we've experienced now with, with hiring up and scaling quite quickly, is um, the mention of CVs. Do you think CVs are still relevant today? CVs? Yeah. Or resumes, you know, you could... Yes, yes, I do. I think that, I, I do believe, um, it's funny, I am right now in the process of uh, looking over um, 
a recent graduate's resume. Um, she asked me to look over it for her and, um, it's, you know, kind of contained to one page and, uh, you know, in kind of that resume format, which is great. Uh, though resumes and CVs, um, I think there are some notions around it, like it has to be one page or it has to be this certain way. And um, the biggest thing that I experienced as um, I had a brief stint uh, doing some recruiting and, you know, have recruited for, for teams of mine in the past is the biggest thing that I want to know is uh, – uh, or what I'm looking for in a resume is hopefully it's easy to read because there are several of them, yeah. you know, coming at you at the same time. Um, and that, uh, you know, they're clear about their responsibilities and, um, growth that somebody's had in their career or in a role, even if it's small things, um, you know, for folks who are early in their career, um, and also kind of a, a, a keen interest or a, you know, an aptitude for expanding beyond just their scope of work. Um, so, you know, in, in CVs and resumes, always putting things in there um, that kind of show that you go above and beyond. But yeah, I mean, I do think resumes and CVs have a place, but at the same time, um, some of the best opportunities that I've come by have been, uh, you know, through real relationships that I've had with yeah. people who really know me deeply and know uh, what motivates me and the way that I work and have worked with me in the past and have said, hey, um, I really, you know, think that you would connect well with this company or with this person. Um, and and so I've, I've found more success in terms of finding people who I really connect with that way. Um, because, you know, relationships are a lot stronger, I think, than a, than a CV. Exactly. Yeah. Authentic well, relationships. Cause I mean, we were at a, we went to a university a, a post-grad show and mm -hmm. um, there was us being a startup and there was obviously many like larger companies and we thought, you know what, we don't have the capacity and time to take in CVs and people. So we literally put a simple form online saying, mm. you know, we're looking for great people. We're not interested in CVs. Just tell us something about yourself, what you've accomplished and put a link mm -hmm. to your website, you know, your portfolio or your, your GitHub mm -hmm. account if you're an engineer. And it was amazing that the, the experience from the employees, they were like, they, for them, they chose us as opposed to a large corporate just for the mm. sake of, okay, you value what I've done, you valued my experience mm -hmm. over my skills, you know, and I think mm -hmm. that stood out. And I think it feels like it's standing out more and more. So that yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. And people, and that shows that people throughout the recruiting process, and then even when they, they get to a company and are working somewhere, uh, what people are really interested in is, am I valued is, yeah. you know, what I put forward, you know, put forth into the world is this, is this being valued and is it of value and how can I develop it? Um, and, and that's, I mean, that's just a human nature thing, I think. Yeah. And, uh, there's, I think ways to really capture that and create, uh, cultures that really foster that in companies. Definitely. Yeah. And tell me, I mean, you, you're obviously your expertise is getting people in and, and making sure the onboarding experience is amazing. Mm -hmm. But then in terms of like retaining that culture and keeping that culture alive, like is there any like trends that you're seeing right now that uh, within that within smaller companies that they could improve on, you know, or even larger companies? And maybe even a better question is, is there anything that the larger companies can teach, the smaller companies can teach the larger companies in, mm. in retaining and keeping amazing culture? You know, I think it goes back to what I, I said earlier around people uh, really being the most interested in, am I being valued and am I, am I going to grow? Yeah. And so, um, 
you know, in terms of what smaller companies can teach larger companies, uh, often, often, you know, there's better lines of communication. If people are working in a small company right in the thick of it, in a small office with their team, I know so many, um, companies right now are distributed. Um, but you know, uh, we rely on things like Slack and all of that to really be in constant communication with each other because, um, you know, in small companies, your team is really all you have. Not to say that's not the case in larger companies, um, but I think that uh, having more open lines of communication um, are really important in, in, in companies in general, whether they're large or small. And I think that, of course, there are there's a lot of... Um, value in having things such as performance reviews and, you know, a, a way to uh, approach managers when you have an issue and all of that. But like at the same time, feedback. right, constant yeah. feedback. And really, I think just to focus on uh, developing relationships uh, with people when you're working at a company, you're there for most of your time, you're spending most of your time there. And so developing real relationships with people, whether they're the CEO or your direct uh, manager or your teammates or somebody who you could pot potentially mentor who's, you know, coming in and is, is a bit newer in their career. Uh, I think the, the impetus should really be on relationship building. Yeah, because we haven't been replaced by robots or AI. So let's all just stay <laughs> human a little bit longer. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. The, the robots have a time and a place, but there will yeah. always be humans. And then tell me just in terms of like where you are right now and where you've come from, like, is there anything that, like, that, you know, that you've learned through the process that you would have done differently? Hmm. Through the process of, of, of recruiting and onboarding. You know what? The biggest thing that I continually return to uh, uh, is this sense of balance, right? Um, you know, I think that I sometimes will encounter companies, whether I'm working with them or just, um, you know, uh, have friends who work in companies that are uh, more startup, um, startup smaller um, and really almost averse to the notion of being too structured. Um, and which is nice because everybody's having fun and, you know, maybe numbers are good for a while, but um, that's not necessarily a sustainable model um, because as soon as you start growing, it's harder to kind of retain that very free and easy uh you know, vibe, I guess, yeah. in the company. It's a big word these days. Yeah. Um, and and so oftentimes companies uh, will sort of inject uh, corporate structure then into uh, something that's more of a startup, um, you know, less structured model. Um, and that doesn't necessarily work. And so what, what I... What I found is, and what I continually return to and have learned, is that it's so important to start out uh, in terms of, you know, developing recruiting models or recruiting values um, and company values from the beginning with a balance between structure and, um, you know, freedom and culture and creativity and all of those things. They kind of have to go hand in hand because... Uh, when people feel safe, when there are structures and processes uh, that allow people to feel safe and and know their value and, and know where they stand yeah. uh, within a company, they are able to be more free and more creative and yes. are more are more apt to want to build relationships with people um, because there's less of this. Okay, you know, I'm not really getting my head. I'm not really wrapping my head around what this culture is. I don't really know where I stand. And so I think the biggest thing that I try to work with. Um, companies on is this notion of balance between structure and process and uh, 
you know, kind of the fun, fluffy stuff at the same time, which are, which is wonderful. And I think important, but those things really have to go hand in hand. And that's found in really defining company values from the get go, uh, that are strong and sustainable, whether it's a company of five people or whether it's potentially going to grow to 500, uh, those values are so important because then they're a guide for decisions that you make, um, in hiring in, uh, you know, business strategy and all of that. Does that make sense to you? No, it's so true. You know what? I actually, um, I've got two kids and actually, uh, you know, when they were growing up, and they're still on, and they're only 10 or 13, but, you know, there's this there's this talk of, obviously, boundaries and putting things in place. Mm-hmm. And someone put an awesome picture and, you know, explained this amazing picture. And they said, there's these kids in a playground, right? And what they have, what they, and they did a few experiments, and they're all playing on a big jungle gym in the, in the middle, a little bit of a, a play center. And what they found is that none of the kids, like, played on the outside area of the grass. And then what they did is they put a fence around the outside. And what mm. they did is it, it allowed the, the kids to know how far they can go and where their boundaries are. And then they played and they used the whole field. And it's such a good mm. analogy, you know, to go, okay, if, if people know where their boundaries are in their framework, they can at least, it can actually push them further and actually mm-hmm. make the most of the organization, you know, make the most of the play. Right. So mm-hmm. it's, it's actually really very interesting. So absolutely, I, I know time is running out while that went really quickly. So I just want to ask you a final <laughs> few questions. I mean, tell, tell us, how do you spend your day on average? You know, like waking up in the morning and drink mm-hmm. your coffee out of that amazing Drinking my coffee. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So it's, I mean, to be honest, I had to redefine my routine or my, you know, my, my practices and be very diligent about it. Uh, I wake up every morning around the same time and yes, make my coffee, often go for a walk and start my day and then either settle down here at, um, my home office or we'll go, um, over on site and work with, um, you know, if I'm working with a client here in Los Angeles, um, we'll go on site there. Um, I often have meetings throughout the day, um, you know, of, of coffees with people, um, kind of trying to just idea share, um, ideate together, um, with of people who are in similar spaces. Um, but to be honest, it can sometimes be a bit random, uh, but the beginning is always the same. So I have to kind of have some routine there and then, um, you know, just choose to do whatever is needed that day. Brilliant. And then tell me, what's some of your recent like, favorite reading material? You know, I'm obviously fascinated by uh, kind of how humans work within companies and 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 how people find value in work. And so I've... I'm reading right now, I'm in the middle of reading a book called How to Find Fulfilling Work um, by Roman Kersnerick. It's incredible. Uh, and then also there's a book by Patrick Lencioni um, called The Advantage. I have it right here. Um, yeah, it's called The Advantage. And um, it's just a brilliant book on uh, organizational health, especially from um, the leadership perspective and how leadership teams and the health of those teams impact the rest of the company. And um, it's really, it's really brilliant. Wow. Okay. Well, definitely, I'll add that to my Goodreads list. Um, and definitely. Then, and, and, and any like software? What's your, what's your main source of productivity? You know that you use every day. Right. I'm very simple. I use Google Calendar for all of my meetings um, yeah. and uh, Asana for project work. Um, you okay, know, if I'm brilliant. kicking off a project with a company, um, it's so much easier, especially since I work remotely often, to just you know build out a sprint project um, and assign tasks that way. And I. You know, live and breathe the sauna when I'm in the middle of a project. 
Okay, well, thanks for joining us today. It was amazing. How yeah. can the audience like reach out to you? Uh, so it's just my first and last name, Harper at gmail.com. And that's Brilliant. me. Cool. Thanks yeah. a lot. High five. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you.